Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What is going on, guys? Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, this is Eric, and I am joined by... For the fourth time, Christian. And Sam! Yes. Uh, we've had some slight technical <laughs> difficulties. PGSD! Yeah, yeah. My computer's getting ready to shit the bed on this, so... Should I just bring mine next week, just in case? Yeah, I would. You got a USB port? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I have, like, three on mine. Okay, then we're good. That should work. Sam's over here flexing on her Apple products. We'll just have to edit the episode before you leave and then upload it and all that good shit. But yeah, this is a this is going to be the second episode of the week because Surprise! of the bonus episode uh, that you guys got earlier on in the week. Um, but yeah, we have no new reviews, so guys, leave us some Apple Podcast reviews, please. Mm-hmm. For the love of God, please. <laughs> and um, we might actually have some uh, coming. Yeah, some stuff coming to entice you. Yeah, we entice oh. us. We we have some incentives for people that leave reviews and share the shows that'll be coming out um, later on that we're working on. We just want to make sure the quality's good before we actually, you know, dangle the carrot. But yes, uh, thank you to everyone though that shares the show. You guys are amazing. It it really helps us out. Because just in case you guys hear some advertisements on the show, we got qualified for AdSense on our host Woo! platform. Oh man, we're actually going to be able to afford something. Uh, we're not. We're not expecting much. It's a gumball. Wait, gumballs are expensive now, aren't they? We're looking at ninety-seven cent a month, guys. I just we can buy a fucking gumball. We can buy two in six months. We can buy maybe you know a couple tall boys. Ooh, we can get the little stickers or not the stickers, the uh, tattoos, the butterfly tattoos. I lived for those fucking tattoo machines. I've covered myself in them before. It made my mom so upset. My mom was never mad about it. I put she looked like a somewhere. fucking Chipotle bag. Oh, she would have been pissed at me. I put 20. <laughs> Christian ended up looking like a Chipotle bag by the time it was all done. I did. I put, I put $20 worth of quarters in one and covered like half my body in it. And my mom was like, why? Just why? She couldn't even find any other words, but why? I want to be Kat Von D. <laughs> it was before the why? age of Kat Von D. 
I think I put one on my face, too. All right, Post Malone. My mom would have actually murdered me. And would have sat there and maybe scrub it off. I think I put the, like, the tribal across my forehead or something. You put a tribal? I can see yeah. that. I can see you doing some yeah. shit like that. Is, <laughs> one thousand percent. I think there's a picture like that my mom has. I'll ask her if you she You're to look like a it. stick and poke prisoner. Oh, I did. Time it was all oh, done. I absolutely did. <laughs> Fucking Do you Christian know over here the Aryan Brotherhood. I think it was prison. like nine oh, or I was like nine or ten. And how unhinged do you have to be? You know, like the people watching me was they were probably like because I would go like I would get one, look at it, and see if I liked it or not, and then go to the bathroom because this was at like an arcade, and I put mm-hmm. them all on via paper towels from a bathroom in an arcade. You're you're wild. <laughs> But you would probably fit right into Southern California, which is where our episode today takes place. Oh, yes. God. Is it a roaming wook? I a mean, what? A wook. You ever heard of a wook? No. Like a hippie-ish person? I mean, there's a lot of those in LA. Well, there were a lot of those in LA this past weekend. Yes. Or I guess in California this past weekend for Coachella. The ones that were like... Oh. The- Oh, okay. Like the hats, and they're not like the pretty festival people. They're the dirty hippies. They're like the dirty hippies. So they're wooks. Oh, okay. I've never heard them not, called not that. Not my, not my scene, but yeah, no. not gonna hate on it. Those people have pretty good drugs. So there's that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but Sam, let's introduce the topic of today's episode. I hope I say it right. <laughs> we were going to post this one as our bonus episode, but I think it's just too good to be like a bonus episode. So we're doing it today. The Friday episode. We're doing the Los Feliz. You sounded yes. so white. You sounded like you were oh, ordering. Los Feliz. You sounded Los like you were Feliz. ordering the most Mexican Los thing Feliz. on the menu. Fuck off, Eric. <laughs> I will take the quesadilla with the guacamole, <laughs> the tortas, and the tortas. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that sounds and like. Those tatas. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got in margaritas. <laughs> Fuck off. We all know I mispronounce things constantly. And I okay. Want that, and I want that. We love margarita. me anyway. Hey, hey, can I get some jalapenos on that? Fuck off. Los Feliz, Los Feliz, Murder House. We all fucking know what we're it talking about. It sounds like you work at the fucking DMV and you're calling somebody <laughs> up to the the counter. <laughs> Shut there, up. That, that's Her- exactly what you sound like right now. Hernandez, 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 Hernandez. I've, I've definitely heard that before. <laughs> anyway, fuckers. <laughs> Few places come to mind when you think of true crime in California. Some might think Charles Manson, Richard Ramirez, Ed Kemper. But what we're about to dive into is more than just true crime. It's also got a tinge of the paranormal. The beautiful and modest 5,050 square foot Spanish revival home at 2475 Glendower Place in Los Feliz, California. I'm just going to pronounce it like that, so you can hate me if you want. I liked it when you double said it every time, like you were doing a roll call. Like you were the substitute teacher at an inner city school. Hey, Aaron. 
D nice. Uh, Los Feliz? Is there a Los Feliz here? Did you say A A Ron? I did. Oh, and then no. I said D nice. Jaquelin. <laughs> Good old Key and Peel. Oh. Gotta love it. I miss that show. <laughs> so this has been one of LA's biggest and creepiest mysteries. I'm here for it. I know, it's amazing. It was built in 1925. The home has three stories with a basement, as well as what's called a, quote, maid's quarters. I think today we call it a mother-in-law suite, right? Or is it like... I don't know. I think the mother-in-law suite's put out back in a separate house. Is it, yeah, it is. Is, it it, 100% is that not what maid's quarters are, too? That way it doesn't drive the husband crazy. Any Well... It would be your mother that would move in with us before mine. Oh, 100%. My mother would put herself in her own grave. <laughs> I'd be like, Mommy, please come and live with me. I don't want you living in a home. The first floor features an entrance hall flanked by a glassed-in conservatory and a large living room. Towards the back of the home, you'll find a den, a dining room, and the kitchen. On the second floor, you'll find four large bedrooms with their own bathrooms. And on the third floor, there is a 20 by 36 foot ballroom equipped with a bar and all. Sounds like a pretty nice place. It's got the trappings of... It's kind of got the John List house feel. It does. Yeah. I agree with you. And I was going to make a comment about that, but you beat me to it. <laughs> Eric, I didn't, I didn't read the fucking notes. So uh, here we go. Sam did these notes this week, so. Real estate experts estimate that the home could be sold for $2.9 million. Yeah, but who would want to live in a haunted house? Me. Well, Me. Yeah, same. There is a plethora of goings-on at this one mansion in the City of Angels. But first, we're going to start with the land that the house sits on. Actually, the entire Los Feliz area. There's supposedly a curse placed on the entirety of the area. The So back when the Spanish were settling and they were coming into the California area, I guess. Yeah, it was Spanish land. Yeah. Um, they split the land up into concessions. A man named Jose Vicente Feliz was given this portion of the land where the home sits on. I'm not, I'm not sure how big of a portion it is i'd say it's like a pretty good like a <laughs> maybe like a sub area like it's not just it's not just the house that the los Feliz murder house it's like the whole yeah los i mean la's huge so it's it's literally like a region kind of like we're recording this episode in long south carolina which is basically a sub Division Sex. or suburb of like North Myrtle Beach. Yeah, so it's kind of like how Garden City Merle's Inlet is to Myrtle mm. Beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, we're doing some local geography. <laughs> so Jose was given the Los Feliz portion of LA. He then gave the land to Don Antonio Feliz when he passed, and Don Antonio was meant to pass the land down to his niece Petronilla. Petronilla? Sure. Anyway, so. The cur- guacamole? Can I get some guacamole for the table? I'm going to guacamole you in the mouth. <laughs> you got to come a long way to get to me. That's fine. I'm a flying squirrel. Oh, shit. No, you're not. We live with one. 
<laughs> and she's our intern. <laughs> Lucy, get him. So this curse is called Petronila's Curse because when Don Antonio was on his deathbed, a politician and a lawyer came in and tricked John Antonio into signing the rights to the land away to them instead of Petronila. Anyone who owned the land from that point on would suffer terrible fates. One of the owners of the land, Griffith J. Griffith, who built Griffith Park, he uh, he shot his wife in the face. So you know, that's just, just, just a thing that's you one do. way to end argument. Pretty horrible, yeah. Even the original owners who built the home, the Schumachers, which made me giggle a little bit because that's from Scream. It's my favorite. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so the Schumachers met untimely deaths one month apart from each other. Um, I don't remember if they ever said how they died. Did no. they? No, I don't think so. One of the family members tried to rent the home out, and eventually they tried to sell it because it was they no one wanted to rent it. One of the Schumacher's family members' son fell ill during the time that they were trying to sell the home, and his doctor said that it was the home that was making him sick. You, that that just shows like the doctor was. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with it. Maybe it's the house. I don't <laughs> it's know. the house. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's ghosts in your blood. Do some cocaine about it. Yeah. I mean, this was that time period. Yeah. So now we're up. Have you guys ever tried opium? That heals everything. I, you know what? I bet it does. You don't feel shit. I bet you don't. So now we're going to jump ahead to 1959 with Harold and Lillian Perelson. It's Christmas time, so it's December 6th, 1959, to be exact. And Harold gets up at 5 a.m. and stands over his wife, sleeping, Lillian, and proceeded to bludgeon her with a ball-peen hammer. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to bludgeon Christian with a ball-peen hammer later tonight. Is it a peen hammer? It's a peen hammer with balls. I hate it here. (laughs) <laughs> she she she's not upset about it. I mean, they missed the whole argument of three inches versus six inches earlier. So <laughs> it was it was a lot. There was a lot that y'all missed. Yeah. <laughs> so after he bludgeoned Lillian to death with the hammer, he then moved on to their eighteen-year-old daughter Judy, and he started to brutally beat her. But she didn't go down so easy. Um, 11-year-old Debbie, they had three children. So it's Judy, Debbie, and Joel, I believe, is the other kid's name. I have it farther down. Um, so Judy comes in, or uh, Debbie is woken up by the sounds of him beating his eldest daughter. And he's like, just go, go to bed. This is just a nightmare. So, Judy takes this opportunity to run from the home to the next-door neighbors. The fact that she was still alive is... He must not have gotten her too bad. I don't know. I have no idea. But she ran to a neighbor's home. She was taken to Central Receiving Hospital and then taken to the General Hospital with what looked like a skull fracture. Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, he must not have... He was probably wore out by the time he got done, you know, 
killing his wife. Yeah. Harold then proceeded to down a glass of acid mixed with, like, I don't know. It starts with an N and other, like, barbiturates and stuff. So it was. He had a, like, a suicide cocktail. It was a cocktail to die for. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, it is Joel. So the other Perelson children... Debbie, who is 13, or uh, 11, yeah, 11 or 13, uh, yeah, 11-year-old, and Joel was 13. I had it written weird. They were removed from the home uh, by police, and they were placed with relatives on the East Coast, and after that, their exact locations, we don't know. So, I'm just going to assume that they're doing well, sort of. The investigators found Harold lying next to their blood-soaked bed, still clutching the hammer. On the nightstand, police found a copy of Dante's Divine Comedy opened up to Canto 1. It's it's a very long poem. I read it. It's awesome. Um, but I'm the first four are what was highlighted, not highlighted, like, literally, but, like, in the source material that I read. Well, Dante... The Divine Comedy is a poem broken up into three parts. Yeah. That covers Dante's journey through um, heaven, purgatory, mm-hmm. and hell. Mm-hmm. So. Do you want me to read the first four? Or? Sure. Okay. I mean, it says, Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a, dark fo- a forest dark, for the straightforward pathway had been lost. Ah, me. How hard a thing it is to say. What was this forest savage, rough and stern, which in the very thought renews the fear? So bitter is it, death is little more. But the good to treat where there I found, speak will I of the other things I saw there. So. <clears throat> God damn, they could write back in the day. <laughs> they just don't do it back now how they did back then. No, it's 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 all about like trying to capture the millennial mind. Fucking bitches and getting money. Fucking Twilight. <laughs> the looks I'm getting from both of these two. What? I love Twilight. Don't it's shit no, on my it's Twilight. no divine comedy, I'll tell you that much. No. It's not meant to be. It's like, is this werewolf trying to like fuck you, me or is this vampire trying to fuck me? That would be like you trying to compare like the Odyssey to like Fifty Shades of Grey. There's no comparison. No. It's not the same thing. But for the record, I am a fang banger. We 1,000%. Oh, we know. I, re- I started rewatching True Blood. I, I'm I'm big on the pirate's life right now. We're still trying to finish Black Sails. And- oh, I know. You know. don't need to get into that. <laughs> Fuck, I love black sales. Best <clears throat> shit ever. So there's a possibility that Harold, who worked at an Inglewood medical clinic, was going through some financial difficulties. And I'm going to go into those for a second. Yeah, weren't there court documents proving that? Yeah. So investigators searched Judy, the oldest daughter's sports car, and found a note that she'd written to her aunt. And it said, quote, on the merry-go-round again, same problems, same worries, only tenfold. My parents, so to speak, are in a bind financially. And then she went on to talk about how she was going to try to get a job to help out her parents. A partner of Harold's, his name is Edward Shustak, 
had stolen the rights to a medical device that Harold had come up with and had already invested thousands of dollars into. From what I understood of the device, and I could be wrong, but this is what I gathered the, this medical device is, and I'm going to describe it to you, and you tell me what you think it is, and I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Okay. Okay? So. And if you have a suggestion on what you think the fuck it is, tell us in the comments. Well, I I think it's very obvious as to what it is. Okay. But I'm not medically inclined, so. It says, quote, the device would outfit a syringe to inject substances from a small from small glass capsules, which would make the injection safer and less prone to contamination. What do you think that means? A vial? Yes. The little thingy where they like take the a vial. and then immediately like put it in. Yeah. That's what I think that Harold fucking came up with, bro. So it's the it's literally the bottles that everybody yeah. uses now like, to like yeah, yeah. I vial. think that's what he came up with. The single-use vial. Yeah. Because before they used to do, like, one vial. Yeah, the multi. Or maybe it could be the first one. I don't know. Even if you look at, like, old medicine and it all came in, like, one vial, even if the needle was changed in between patients, there there's still an open hole in it for, for contamination. So it's still, yeah. like... Yeah, I get that. He must have came up with, like, sandwich use files or something along those. Or um, maybe that, like, rubber piece that they have to, like, put, like, poke through it. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, it's, it's still, like, it's maybe, like, closes back up. I don't know. But that's what I think. I think it's somewhere along those lines is what Harold came up with. And Edward Shusak was just like, nope, that's mine. The, out, the device would outfit a syringe to inject substances from a small glass capsule. Yeah, it has to be a single-use vial. Yeah. Right? I would that's Or are they single use syringes? It says small glass capsules. I mean It's a little when I think of capsule, I think of like a little pill. Well they pills aren't glass though. Then it would have to be like the little syringe thingies where they'd take the stuff out. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. That's what I think it is. So nurses, doctors, whoever I'm not even medically inclined. So. I'm not medically inclined, but that's what I think that is. And if so, Hedward got Harold got fucked in the ass. No lube, no dinner. Yeah. But I don't he, know if that would drive me to murder my fucking family. It would drive me to murder Edward, but hold on. <clears throat> it gets worse. So Harold demanded $100,000 in damages, which is upwards of out of a million dollars in today's dollars. He doled out even more money during the legal battle, only to win $23,956 in the end of it. Ouch. Imagine. They would be living the most highest of high lives if Edward Shusak wasn't such a little fuck. Yeah, but then we wouldn't be talking about this. I know, but still, imagine... It came out later that Harold had tried to commit suicide several times, and the family said that all of his com- committals, all the times he was committed for, like, the 5150 for mm-hmm. suicide were coronaries. But they planned on, like, fully committing him to a, like, a mental institution for... Yeah, I mean, if you are a habitual attempted suicide person... 
Of course, you know, he he never really went through with it. Until the end. Yeah, until the, until the end. He got he got it right that time. So, once they have uh, Actually, I don't know if they've cleaned if they cleaned up the crime scene, honestly. It never said. But once the police were done with their investigation, they locked the doors, leaving the home exactly how it was, decorated for Christmas and all, and never looked back. And what's crazy is the fact that this is like a perfect storm for a haunting. Oh, yeah. You have a ran not maybe not really random from on Harold's end, but I'm sure on Lillian and Judy's end, it's like, where the fuck did that come from? Well, there's got to be some dark energy in that house. I mean, for fuck's sake, you know, I, this this house is truly a house on a haunted hill. Funny you should say that, Eric. And funny I should say that because they filmed the original house on Haunted Hill right above this house. In 1959. The same year it happened. That's wild to me. So, just a year after the murders took place, in we're, we're in 1960 now, the Los Feliz home was purchased by a couple from Lincoln Heights named Emily and Julian Enrique. Enriquez? Enriquez. Neighbors stated that they'd seen the couple come to the house, but they never moved in. They just used the home as storage. I would like to have $2 million, $3 million just to use... For a brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. House to store my things in. Like, what What did they yeah, do? This is this is the dude that uh, they were talking about that only showed up at night, right? No. Okay. That's their son. All right. Um. Yeah, so whenever Emily and Julian passed, they left the house to him, and then... We'll talk about that later, though. Okay. Over the years, the home fell into disrepair. The 1920-era exterior lights had disappeared. Whether they were stolen or fallen down, I don't know. Uh, the neighbors have helped maintain the property by painting the street-side garage and tidying up the front yard. They put a chain across the rear driveway and gave each nearby resident a key to the lock. Many years ago, the city required the current owner of the home at the time. Uh, mm. Many. That's our intern. <laughs> so this is in the 90, mid 90s. Um, Rudy Enriquez has inherited the home and the city required him to replace the stucco that had peeled off the sides of the home and the front walkway walls and to repaint the house. Jude Mar Margolis? Margolis? Have you guys got any ranchero sauce? A former neighbor said, quote, We had major problems. Hookers were coming in. Everybody was bringing guests up there. One night I was sitting outside and I noticed that people were over there over there 
having a picnic in the backyard. And a burglar alarm was installed shortly after that. Rudy has been approached several times by potential buyers, but has adamantly refused to sell the home. Uh, During that time, he said he hadn't decided what he wanted to do with the property. If he wanted to renovate it and live there, or if he was even going to stay in the Lost Phillies, or he lived in Washington something. Um, He's never viewed the home as being haunted. He said that he had two cats who lived at the home, and he would come by and feed regularly at night. Yeah, so this dude would only show up. So, I hate to bring it up. Fucking ghost adventures went here. But they didn't go there till like, 2016, 2017. I think it was more recently than that. Um, I know that the most recent owners of the home, their escrow closed in 2016, and they were only there for three years. They might have went in 2016. I'm not sure. I don't know sure when the date came out. But know. they, Zach Bagans interviewed this, this couple. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, the guy was real weird. He would he would just show up at night, and then when his cats passed away, he stuffed one or when one of his cats passed away, he stuffed it and had it looking out the window. So um, weird. And then they're like, and he would take out bags of women's shoes in the garbage at night, and then. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at you because all I can imagine is like if one of these. Idiots die. That's the first thing I'm doing is stuffing them where oh, they can stare out the window. 100%. Number one. Number two, if I go, Eric's just going to be carrying all of my shoes out. And stuffing you and having you look out the window with the cats. <laughs> we live together. You're my taxidermy bride. What are you talking about? I can't. Shush. Another neighbor, Stephen Hurley, said, quote, There are all kinds of stories about the house. Rudy's a very nice man. He's just not interested in doing anything with that house. He's never going to sell it. Rudy said, quote, the only spooky thing in there is me. Tell people to say their prayers every morning and evening and they'll be okay. He's a fucking vampire. Which I thought was funny. That's some vampire shit. I mean. No. By the way, we're definitely going to see Renfield this weekend. Wonderful. I can't Sidebar. take Nicolas Cage as a fucking vampire. How seriously. dare you? How can you not take that? Seriously. Nicolas Cage as a fucking Dracula. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Do you want to go see it with us? I have double shows all week. Oh, uh, shit. Boo. I do want to see Evil Dead Rises, though. Same. Holy shit. They're not even letting like kids in without their parents. Uh, I'm excited. Titty sucking parasites. I want to see it so bad. Mommy's with the maggots now. I just moved your head. Dude. Oh my god, those voices, like the the, the possessed voices, freak me the hell the out. Deadites, yeah, deadites are cool. No, like I mean, like whenever any like possession is portrayed, like that weird. Oh, yeah. Voice that the, the they Pope's all do. Exorcist looks pretty good too. I want to see that so bad. Yeah, there's a lot of good horror shit coming out, but. Hold on one second. You're not being a very good intern right now. Stop it. She's deciding to tear up our set pieces. She's choosing violence. What a bitch. So, unfortunately, Rudy passed back in 2015, so he's not a vampire. Mm. But Bummer. 
He had no children to leave the home to, which means that the home is in limbo for the first time since the murder-suicide in 1959, at this point in 2015. Uh, lots of questions rolled through the hills of Los Feliz. Why, you know, did the current owner of the home, the Enrique's, Enriquez's, kept the home the same as it was on December 6, 1959? Will another beautiful family bring the home back to the beautiful and delightful status that it was described as in sales ads for the home? Not with that fucking mansion tax they put in L.A. I'm not in the tax bracket to even know what that is. Mm, so, No one has inhabited the home since the murders, according to Dr. Sherry Lewis, who grew up across the street from the home. She remembers the night that the murder-suicide happened because it was her home that Judy ran to after being bludgeoned by her own father. Shit. Sherry actually used to babysit the kids at the house, at the murder house, and has even spent the night there when the Perelsons were there. The home has remained the same way it was since December 6, 1959, frozen in time on the inside, peering through the grimy windows of the home. You'll see a 1950s-style TV and some dust-covered furniture, and what could be wrapped Christmas presents on the table. While the outside of the home becomes dilapidated and overgrown with grass and weeds, the yard is pockmarked by gopher holes, and the pond is partly filled with stagnant rainwater. Weeds poke through the cracks in the driveway. There's a rumor that the family of the Perelsons had briefly rented the home out after the murders and it's that family's christmas tree and decorations in the home supposedly because the perilsons were jewish i don't know whether or not that's true but that's just a rumor the rumor goes on to say that this family quickly left the home on the anniversary of the murders also, some of the things around the home dates to sometime after the murders. But the Enriquez is also used the home as their like storage unit. So like it stands to reason that it could be theirs in the home that's postdating the murder murder suicide. But I mean I, me. I'd say that's credence, but why not sell the story like they did at Amityville, if that's the case. If they left and left all their shit behind. Mm-hmm. Why not try to make some money off of it? Unless they just really didn't want to have shit to do with it. But I mean, it's a, it's a real statistic. Nine out of 10 people that like experience things, whether it be cryptids, paranormal shit, UFOs, never report it. No. So that's, that's pretty shocking. That number. What was the one we just talked about a few episodes ago? Where I was like, why wouldn't they? Betty and Barney Hill? No. Um, Dudley Town. Oh, yeah. I was like, why, why, why won't they make that an attraction? It's clearly bringing people there. Maybe there's... I think there's some real shit in those trees that they don't want coming the, out. In, I'd say at least in the woods. Or it's just giant possums. Hmm. Giant, giant Pomeranians. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Around mid-2016, however, it was purchased by True TV personality and civil rights attorney Lisa Bloom and her husband, Brayden Pollock. 
for a cool $2.289 million in a probate sale. The escrow closed in July of 2016. They intended to fix up the home and live in it, according to the real estate agent who handled the sale of the home. Three years after the purchase of the home, Lisa and Brayden put the home up for sale for $3.5 million, even after stripping the interior down to the studs. Um, the workers. They wouldn't just, work on the house. No. They just were like, no, I'm not fucking going in there anymore. So this is when Zach Bagans went because the house was stripped down to the studs. Yeah. So it had to have been at some point. I don't know if he would have been allowed to while it was like on the market. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know what kind of pull he has. So the listing is still active and reads attention developers slash contractors. Here's a unique opportunity in prime Los Feliz. Perched on a hill with sweeping views sits this five-bedroom, four-bath Spanish Revival home on a large lot. Seller is looking at cash or hard money offers only. I don't know what hard money is. I don't know either. Probably like... Like a fucking cashier's check or something? Like it's all up front? I guess they don't want to finance it. I don't I don't know. Uh Probably because after they moved into it, like somebody would dispute the finance and be like, well, they sold this to me on false pretenses or some stupid shit. Well, I'm getting to that part. I mean, just turn it into a goddamn haunted Airbnb. Right? Like, come on now. People would eat that shit up. I would. What the listing is failing to mention is the Perelson murder-suicide back from 1959, which, by California law, real estate brokers don't have to disclose on murders and other grisly happenings from three or more years ago. It's L.A. I mean, yeah. If you, I mean, for LA. fuck's sake, the, the La Bianca murders happened in Los Feliz mm-hmm. in that area. So Osceola Drive, well, however I, you say it. Osceola. Um, That's right. Osceola. Right? That's what it is now. Because the house isn't there. No, you're thinking of the Sharon Tate house. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, the lobby. Okay. Yeah, you're. Th- I'm talking about the second night of murders. Yeah. I'm fine. You, you good? It's a lot of murder. I was talking about a lot, a lot of, of murders in LA. <laughs> a lot. Now, with any kind of major horrific occurrence, such as murder. It tends to stir up the paranormal in its wake. With such an occurrence at 2475 Glendower Place, amateur paranormal investigators flocked to the home in hopes of capturing some kind of evidence of the paranormal. Cherie Watson, a neighbor, her friend went over to the house one night, to the the murder house, but all she came back with was a hospital trip because she was bitten by a black widow spider. And accidentally tripped the burglar alarm. But a few nights later, two to be exact, Cherie's alarm at her own home kept going off at her back door, but there was no one there. She said, quote, it was like the ghost was following us. I don't know what ghost, but whatever. According to Brian Clune's book, Hollywood Obscura, ghost hunters have documented many sightings near the house. The most common occurrence is the sounds of screams and moans heard in the early morning hours. Some ghost hunters have reported hearing the voice of a woman yelling no, followed by screams, and then nothing. 
Another sighting are faces in the windows of the mansion while passing by. But faces in anything can be easily explained by matrixing. Like, the wood grain on my dash, I see faces in that shit. So, like, I know it's not a face in my wood grain. Imagine doing that on acid. Imagine looking at that on acid. There's, like, two or three, like, quote-unquote faces in my wood grain. Wood grain's freaky, man. So, it's like I the mean, face of a tormented tree. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple like weird ones. I was like, wow, I'm not easily freaked out by shit like that. But there are also orbs seen wandering all over the home. So, from watching the Zach Bagans ghost adventures bullshit. I mean, they ham it up on this one. It's a two. I love how you it, call it for bullshit. sure. It's 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 a well. Look, man. It's, it's TV. TV. But what they experience is like Zach punching a camera person, time dilations where they they're like, we can't. You know, we've been standing here at the foot of the stairs for three fucking hours, type of shit. Yeah, I don't get like just standing there like. What you are just frozen? Like I don't understand. Like something was just, like they were constantly being distracted. I was like, this is probably the most boring fucking shit I've ever seen. But if this is the case where you're suffering from time dilations, where it's it's basically like you just lose time just from standing in this area. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. For sure. Like, there has to be. I don't know if... And it could be the land is straight up just fucking cursed. It's bad land. You know, there's places like that all over the country where just the the area is bad. I mean, essentially, if we're going by that fact, the entire continental United States is bad land. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's pockets, though. I agree. Of heightened shenanigans on a paranormal Oh, I love shenanigans. I mean, we're going to be covering a few of them. Uh, you know, we covered Dudley Town. We've covered. I liked doing that one. That one was fun. This one, we're covering Highway 666 later on uh, next month. So there, there's these pockets of just bad land. Uh, East Palestine, Ohio might be considered bad land now. Is that where the train like exploded? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just bad territory, whether it be like environmentally or tragic, parapsychologically. Just curse like Skinwalker Ranch is one. You know, Sam's <laughs> just so glad I brought that up. I love it. She doesn't like the skinny boys. The There's not even any there. It's it's fucking portals and aliens and shit. Oh, hate to break it to y'all. There's no, there's no skinwalkers on fucking Skinwalker Ranch. They're fast traveling. I would not be the one to go there and find out. About the fast travel? No, about the flesh pedestrians. The, I, I promise you, uh, when. The guy who gets a government contract, who's in aerospace, uh, does not, you know, he's not buying that because of a fucking tall tale about a guy wearing a wolf skin. 
he's literally like there's there's more to that shit like cattle mutilations and stuff like that weird anomalies oh yeah i'm not saying there's just flesh pedestrians i don't think they're there don't they i mean they're they primarily are around like native american land if right they're there at all they're, they're like witches I th- I think they uh, well I'll save that for when we cover that episode. Sam, the shook girls are gonna have to come in and take my place. Yep. I'm not doing We're it. We're gonna have to get Amanda to come up here and fucking take your spot that day. We'll call him. I will say like, flush pedestrians I will, happily. I will give you a long. place to stay if you do this episode. It'll be a great crossover. But we'll have a sleepover. What do you guys think about the Los Feliz murder house? Do you think there's any credence to the hauntings? We know the murders happen. Well, yeah, that's documented. But what about the hauntings and shit? The weird shit that goes on. Nobody living there. You want to? I mean, I fully believe in like the residual energy of it, like the residual hauntings where it's like that moment played over and over because it's such a. I don't want to call it random because it might not. It's seemingly random, just horrific murder-suicide for what looks like no real apparent reason. I mean, we're not seeing full-body apparitions. No. If anything, it's noise. Right, which brings me, that's why I said it's a residual haunting. Is yeah. She, we're, Lillian's living that moment over and over and over but and over and over the again. the fact that there's like weird time anomalies... The workers are freaked the fuck out all the time. Would you I mean, blame? yeah. I but, mean, that is. Yeah, such but I a, mean, look, there, there's haunted places all over the country. I know right. it was so like sudden, unprovoked. Like yeah. Sam was talking about, like it's such a bad vibe well, that's going on in that house. I wonder that what area. drove him to kill her. He was mentally ill. He was. Well, could there be another factor in that? I mean, though? well. Uh, I could argue could that all hearing, day long. Could with have been you. like a Robert DeFeo type of thing where he was hearing voices telling him to fucking do it. I mean, we'll mm, never know. I think no. there's a lot of I think that's a lot of mental illness that is that is like just projecting onto something like all I mean, good. So God. you don't think he was demonically possessed? No, I don't think no. so. I don't think so. I think that he manifested something. Maybe. That and, and it may not be demonic. It, it could be anything. He manifested something that, in his own mind, sounded right. So, it's like, he basically pulled a jo- what would have been a John List. By a family annihilator. Yeah, I mean, he's... That's what I see. I see a family annihilator yeah. who literally, like, he was like, well, everything is shit. I'm broke. Like, everything I got my sucks. medical device stolen from me. These fucking kids. Hell would be better than this. And then he starts reading this book gonna, and... I'm, I'm going to quote Evil Dead Rise, that trailer that Christian showed me on TikTok the other day. <laughs> Those titty-sucking parasites are finally gone. I, I want to watch the movie so bad. I know. That's same. great. Um, it's, it's the trailers. Me and Jackson would watch the new Scream, which was amazing. I know. Wasn't it so good? It was really good. So but good. They had the trailer for the new Evil Dead Rising, and I was like, okay. And then they had the... The what was it? The Pope's the Pope's Exorcist. That was good. That, I really want to see. That. I still want to see Renfield. Man. They had Renfield in it too. That was the trailer that they played was really good. I mean, it was. I'm like, ah! I'm all about some Nicolas Cage. Like, I mean, I 
I liked Nicolas Cage, but like him as a vampire, I just I can't. It's great. Who else could you see doing that role better? I know sure as hell John Travolta would not be a good role play for that. I wouldn't see John Travolta as a vampire either. It'd be really funny if he was. I don't like. Is that supposed to be like a scary movie? It's supposed to be like. I mean, who would who would you like to see? Uh, I mean, it's a comedy. Oh, okay. It's it's designed to be. It's like a rom com from what we were reading. They turned it into a romantic comedy. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's a comedy film. It's it's like a. There's bee, a romance thought. It's a comedy horror. There. It's like Abr- uh, Abraham Lincoln versus the vampires. Like the vampire hunter oh or whatever. Oh my god, that I movie never fucking rocks. Aaron made me fucking watch that. I've never seen it. That movie was great. It sucked. I'm going to go with Christian on it. I it was you. No, it was... It, One of you, the worst movies It was I have fucking ever phenomenal. Seen. The Confederates were vampires, and it was just fucking awesome. I love that movie, and I will never speak ill you about it. You know what? I'll let you, you die. Out. I'll let you die on that hill. I was just like you're going to die on this hill. It's, it's on my um, October you, watch list. It is on his October. It's part of our ritual to watch those. I mean, I have I have several films on that. No, but it's on the list. It might not be watched every year, but sometimes I'll just watch it. I feel like <laughs> sometimes I'll just watch it. I've seen it like six times. It's fucking great. All in all, I think this is a family annihilator. I don't think yeah. there's anything demonic. Do you this. think I the think house is mi- like majorly haunted though? Okay, that I will say that after a traumatic event like that. Could open up a window for something that is like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of fucking negative, shitty energy here from all this. And then I think, and the, then you can bring in the demonic energies. There. I mean, I wonder what the significance that a divine comedy was to him, though. That's we'll my never main know. Thing. We'll never know. But what are you talking about? Like, oh, uh, when he like where the he book saw he was himself reading. at? No, I know that. But I'm saying like where he saw himself at, and that where you, I mean, the levels. He probably, he probably, like you said, it was, uh, poetry back then was written so well, and it just, like, it just, like, captured a lot of people, like, a lot different than now. Now, you, the best thing you're going to read is, like, some fucking nonsense. Yeah. About what's going on in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You're really not going to Hollywood's find it. an evil place. You're really, it is an evil place. It is a very evil place. Yeah. No, it is not... The city of angels. It is not. But all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us. Christian drop the socials. We love you guys so much. And it, we are getting fully into ourselves now. Like we're, we're loving all of the good positive reviews and the downloads. Like, thank you guys so much for getting us to this point. I mean, this is like amazing and we're doing so great. And you guys can share the show. We would love that. Please make sure you guys are following us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And we love you guys. Yep. Thank you guys for everything. And we will see you next Friday. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.